I want you to think about scarcity and drops. Those are the two things I think that your business can do really well with. So if we generate this concept of a flavor drop, they get it while it supplies last or while that campaign is going and then it goes away, they have to buy that flavor when you're selling it in that time before they sell out and that scarcity drives consumer behavior. It makes people want to buy it in that moment and fast. And then they're paying attention to what the next one is going to be. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? And what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers? This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. Happy February, product boss. Okay, during this time of year, I'm all about making sure you're on track to make this your best year yet. And it all starts with making sure you have the right tools at your fingertips. That's why I'm so excited for you to check out Sales Hub from HubSpot, an all-in-one platform built with the tools and insights you need to communicate with your customers, create reminder tasks for your deadlines, and lean into the data when it comes to focusing on which products you should market next. Now, I know you might be thinking, okay, but how much is it going to cost? And I'd be asking the same thing, but guess what? Sales Hub is free to get started on. Plus, you can be up and running in just minutes. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Head to hubspot.com slash sales to try it for free. Hey, product bosses. Today's coaching session is with Marion, owner of Cheesecake Mama. I'll let her share the story of how she got started because she tells it so well. She's been running this business for 10 years now but has been struggling to build momentum. Things really took a turn during the pandemic. She managed to start turning things around thanks to some really creative moves, but now she needs help getting in front of new customers in a way that's comfortable for her. Let's dive in. My business is one that started back in 2013. I had created this recipe for cheesecake Oh, well over 30 years ago when my kids were small. In all honesty, it's probably closer to 35 years now. (laughs) I created the recipe on a dare because I don't like cheesecake. (laughs) And I went ahead and I turned cheesecake into something that I like. And I started selling it as a fundraiser, not a business, but a fundraiser because I was working full time then. And it was just to help my kids with extracurricular school activities And so that's how I paid for a lot of their stuff. I wanted them to be able to do what they wanted to do and feel that it was okay. And so it worked really well. But then they got older, they graduated, and it was like, okay, I need to find something to do. Never dawned on me 
to turn this into a real life business. And so I went into the insurance world basically for 25 years, did really well, hit all sorts of numbers and awards. It was amazing. But right around 17, 18 years, I realized I wasn't happy. I just didn't like what I was doing. And then it dawned on me that it was time to get back to what I really loved. And my kids kept pushing me to do cheesecakes. And I just kept saying, no, it wasn't a business, just a fundraiser. And then I started thinking about it and I went, huh. So worked on a name, came up with a name. I knew it had to be somehow family related. And mama is how we referred to my grandmother on my mom's side was we called her mama. So I went, ah, that's so perfect. We'll call it mama. So it became mama cheesecake. And so I started selling the big nine inch wheels of cheesecake and they went like crazy, but that was in the beginning. But right around, I want to say 2015, 2016, things shifted. People didn't want those giant ones anymore. And so I started reading, started looking at what the trend was, where was the trend going? And I learned that smaller was better. So I created these little one ounce bites. Think in terms of a mini cupcake, and that's the size of them. Of course, they don't have the height because we're talking cheesecake here. And I took my cheesecake recipe and I turned it into the little bites and they just started going like crazy. I even did some cupcake size ones that a couple of places wanted for their shops. So I took care of coffee shops, two coffee shops, three wine bars. It was really fun. It, this was all pre-COVID, of course, and it ran and it was doing really well. And then COVID hit. And like everybody, you know, things just tanked and went in a different direction. And my choices were to sit and cry or do something about it. So I didn't want my name. I didn't want Mama Cheesecake to go away. And I didn't want to have to start all over again. So I started doing online baking with people on lives in social media. And then I started taking classes, you know, online and I started learning pastries. So I learned how to do croissants and just all sorts of different things, including churros and you name it, I made it. You know, And I would ask, what do you guys want to see? And they would tell me. And my daughter goes, but mom, you do cheesecakes. So what I started doing was adding cheesecake to everything I do. So Fast forward to today, I've really been pushing and selling and people have been ordering is my cheesecake, what I call cheesecake fluff. And it's just cheesecake that I bake up and then I cool it down and I whip it up and I do the crumbs separately. And then I fill a four ounce jar with the crumbs, the cheesecake fluff. And then I put a topping on it and it's all labeled and done the way it's supposed to be. And it's been going really well. And then I decided to also do a cookie and it was because someone was asking for a cookie. So I created a, I love brown butter. So I made a brown butter chocolate chip cookie and I put like 1.6 ounces of cheesecake inside that cookie, <laughs> which was really good. And so those are two things. I got to come to your commercial kitchen with my daughter and we got to make these together. The cookie was incredible because it's like, oh my God, there's cheesecake inside of it, which is kind of the best of both worlds. And then also 
the jars of cheesecake, which were really cool as well. They were very different. So I love where you're going. It's not traditional. It's really not your mama's cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I thought of that. (laughs) Which, you know, is like an interesting way to position yourself also. Tell me your website. Is it mamacheesecake.com? Yes. Okay. And I asked that because when I'm on here, I don't actually see the things you're talking about. So there's a lot we can kind of dive into. So based on, you know, kind of like where we're at, you're telling me that the current state of your business, things were looking up, but things are kind of feeling hard. So right now your biggest struggle is obtaining orders and scared if you get the orders, how will you do it all yourself? So it's kind of this like catch 22 of, I want more orders, but I have no idea if I get them, if I'll be able to keep up. Exactly. Okay. And where are you currently selling? Like, how can I buy from you and your revenue, like monthly revenue? Currently, I'm. it's all online. Currently, you can okay. look up on Instagram and you can contact me there. You can even go to a store, Instagram store. You could go to Google and to my website. So you ship? I can now. The little bites I couldn't ship. Too difficult to ship. But the jars, yes, they ship and the cookies ship really well. Okay. So jars and cookies ship. And so if I discover you, I can order from you and I can order from you online. Yes. Because you don't have a physical location. And right now, based on what you're selling direct to consumer through social. I'm trying to get it back to being wholesale. So that's what I'm working on. Definitely. I had two really good leads and they just fell through and it could have just been that it was the holiday season. So it made it a little rough to get in touch and and get things going. So I'm hoping to see something from both of them. Okay. So some of the things that you wanted to cover today were one, getting orders, right? So Mm -hmm. which really truly is actually getting people to know your business exists and then to get them to convert and buy from you. Right? Right. Okay. So the second thing you said was marketing. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing was your profit and loss statement and using it, which we can come back to But right now we're looking at sales. Right. So what I first want to start with you on is the idea of this mindset is if I grow, I won't be able to keep up. If you grow, you will be able to hire people. Right. And I need a shift okay. to that thought. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. right. So the fear is that you only know it the way that it is right now, where it's you in a kitchen and it's your capacity. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to have to sleep here if I get any orders at all. But when we start to get orders and we start to hit it, It's a growth spurt. And yes, it's harder to hire when you're in it. So it might be like if you start to see this momentum, you hire before you're ready. Mm -hmm. We have a student of ours. She's a multi-stream machine student. She's in our mastermind now. And she hit huge on TikTok shops. And so she had like hundreds of thousands of dollars of product orders coming in. And she had to hire in that time. And that's hard, right, to train. But as she started to grow, if she hired a bit earlier perhaps that person would have been onboarded. We always kind of have to hire before we really need them full-time. And you're not at that place yet because we need to get the orders in. But I just want you to get over the fear of growth because in fact, one day it won't be you in the kitchen at all. You might be the ideator in the ideation phase of you're the chef, you're the visionary, you're coming up with the flavors, you're creating the recipe, and then you're telling your bakers to make it. And they're in production. I like that. Okay. (laughs) So I just want to show you that there's another side, no matter what you're making. If you think about like how Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel, 
Michelangelo did not paint that entire ceiling by himself. Uh, he had apprentices. So while he gets all the credit for hundreds and hundreds of years, he had so many apprentices. So it was his vision, his idea. And then there were lots of people painting in his style. Good point. You know what? You okay. don't see that. You don't think about that. You think, oh my God, how did he do that? Yeah, okay. He didn't. Right. He would have died doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always say to people. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> he, I'm going to be dying. What is he not up there? <laughs> he couldn't. So he created it. He ideated it. He painted like the mini mural of it. He mapped it out and he told people what to do. And they painted in his style. They painted according to his direction and recipe. It is still a Michelangelo painting. So what does that mean for you? It will still be Mama Cheesecake. It'll still be Marianne's company. But the woman who founded Sprinkles is no longer in her kitchen. Right. She's living a life, let me tell you. She's <laughs> on a beach somewhere, probably at her beach house. And other people are baking the cupcakes. And she's probably at the point now that she actually doesn't even know the recipes, right? Because eventually your business grows so big. It's the same idea as a woman who started Cheesecake Factory. I think she was a grandmother that made cheesecakes and they built the company around that. Now it's a gigantic company. And trust me when I say that there is enough of a business established that, again, she gets the checks, <laughs> she gets to live her life, and the business is still running. And I know that's like super far out there, but I just want you to know that it's all possible to keep the quality, to keep the values of the company, to keep the thing that when you're growing it small, if your vision is strong, it will stay through the life of the company. It just doesn't always have to be you. Okay. That's good to okay. know. Yeah. And I, I really do. Thank you for bringing that up because that's really what blocks me completely. I know. And that's the part. We are the biggest bottleneck in our growth. We are the glass ceilings we've created yeah. for ourselves and they are lower than they should be. Yeah. Listen, your business is not going to grow if you don't believe it can grow. You will shoot down every new idea you have. You will self-sabotage all because you believe your business can't grow and your brain will want to prove that belief to be true. So before anything else, you have to work on your mindset. Okay. So I wanted to tackle that in the very beginning okay. because if we don't, then I can't even coach you, right? right? So do you believe that if you grow, that you can grow and it won't be you alone in a kitchen forever and ever? Yes. I mean, I'm going to keep that Michelangelo story stuck in yeah. my brain. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. Perfect. So Michelangelo did not die doing this. He made a lot more art. You are not going to die in a kitchen <laughs> underneath a bunch of cheesecake batter. Other people will do it and you will be getting the checks. So we're past that point. Mm -hmm. So then the next point is in terms of what I want to think about with you is I've started recently teaching this framework in terms of like the different steps that I think product people go through and the different stages. And one has to happen before the other. And sometimes when you're a business like yourself, that you're more established, we actually have to come back and clean things up. So there's the ideated phase where a lot of times this might be in the phase of either you're starting a new business and you're coming up with the idea of the business or you're ideating a new product category, new product, new drop, something like that. Then it goes to making it. So when you make it, it's the development and production. Then there's the branding it. So what does it need to look like? The packaging, the labeling, all that. Then marketing. So marketing it is when we're looking for the customers. So how are we finding the leads? How are we acquiring, acquiring the customers? 
once we have the customers, then it goes into sell it. So when we're selling it to them, then it goes into operate it. So the operations of the business and then delegate it and delegate it is where as you start to get the sales, you will have more cash flow to be able to delegate to other people, whether you first start with hiring an assistant for something, you know, and then it grows. We'll get there. You're not there yet. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So I want to start at the ideate phase because you're already an established company. And when I met you in person, because we did a photo shoot together, and thank you for being a part of it. And we'll share photos. I got to come to the kitchen and you showed me and we were making the mini cheesecake bites. You showed me the cheesecake fluff and we made the cookies that had the cheesecake inside. I think all three of those are pretty cool standout products that are different than, like you said, the full-size cheesecakes, which we can get at a grocery store, Cheesecake Factory, all of that. So these are things that also could somewhat be somewhat viral, right? Mm -hmm. So I do want to go into the mini cheesecake bites. How strongly do you believe in them? Do you think that they should be a part of what you offer? I think they should. The only thing is they don't ship well. They definitely don't ship well. But yeah, I mean... Especially when the different holidays, especially in the summertime, I get a lot of graduations and weddings and people want the little bites. It's perfect. Okay. So then bites can be something that's more of a local thing. They don't ship. They're local. And maybe bites are what you market towards exactly what you're saying. You market it towards showers, weddings. The marketing's a little bit different on it and you can be known for it, but it's not the thing we want to maybe go viral on because People can't buy them unless they're probably in the LA area and they're really willing to come get it from you. So the thing though that I want you to focus on then instead, the thing that I feel like is what you've ideated, you've already figured out the recipe, but we have to brand and market around it are the fluff and the cookie. And those, because you said that they can ship, that's how we can market to more people outside of just local and sell nationwide versus the thing that you can't. So you're out of capacity anyways with the mini cheesecakes. How does that feel if I said that's what we're going to lean into, fluff and cookies? I think that's perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. Okay. So with that, I believe you have, is it two flavors of the jars of the fluff? I actually have because I had a few people that asked for more. So I have a, a chocolate chip, a fudge truffle, a New York lemon and the churro. Cheesecake is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so what we need to do is we're gonna decide that mama cheesecake mm-hmm. is now gonna I even like the the tagline, not your mama's cheesecake. Yeah, you know, I like when that. You're sharing it. It's such a hook to not your mama's cheesecake because it's cookies with cheesecake inside, which is like literally the best of both worlds. And then the fluff is still a cheesecake. But it's just so different. It comes in a jar. It's fluff. Not that it has a longer shelf life, but it's just like, this is how we had it. We took some home from you and like yeah. we ate some, we put the jar back on, we ate some more the next day. Uh-huh. Exactly. When we think about this, I think that for the ideation phase of your business is that you can kind of do it the way that Crumble Cookie does it. Are you familiar with that brand? Yes. And there's another one. I think they're called My Cookie Dealer. They're out of New York. They don't have a location. They're really an Instagram brand and they drop flavors and then wow, they're gone. So with you, what I want you to think about is I want you to think about scarcity and drops. 
Those are the two things I think that your business can do really well with. So if we generate this concept of a flavor drop, they get it while it supplies last or while that campaign is going and then it goes away, they have to buy that flavor when you're selling it in that time before they sell out and that scarcity drives consumer behavior. It makes people want to buy it in that moment and fast. And then they're paying attention to what the next one is going to be. And that's what Crumble has done. They do weekly flavors. And I think they always have a chocolate chip. I think they might always have their strawberry or like a frosting one. But then like this week, they have waffle, peanut butter cookies and cream, a snickerdoodle sandwich, which is like has cream in between two pieces of cookie and a banana bread. And so people pay attention to the brand because it's innovating weekly. And so they're like, oh, I want to taste the snickerdoodle. So you may be on a diet right now after the new year, but then, oh crap, they came out with a snickerdoodle. I got to try it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Be here next week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. So my cookie dealer started on Instagram. My sister actually was the one following. She's like 10 years younger. So she's definitely like, you know, the Instagram generation. They actually do goopy insides to the cookies. If you follow them and like when they call the dealer, they're definitely referencing illegal activities, but from a perspective of cookies, because they sell them in a nickel, a dime, or a brick. Oh, wow. (laughs) They say, how much weight are you pushing? So they're definitely leaning into a brand and a story. And I think it's okay. Like, it's okay to go in a direction, which is I'm like, not your mama's cheesecake, right? Right. Mama cheesecake, but this is not your mama's cheesecake. Yeah. I think about my mom versus, you know, what you're doing. So I think there's like a cool thing about having a story. Then they're kind of the same idea where they will drop the cookies, they will put it on social media, people are following, and then they're creating the scarcity. They're like, once it's gone, it's sold out, it's sold out, it's sold out. Hmm. And if you miss it, you have to pay attention to them if you want what's next. That makes a lot of sense. I like that idea. And there's a lot of pictures and photos and video and things like that, that you're going to want to probably get better at. And where I'm going to go into this with you, because a lot has changed over 10 years and social media and all this may or may not be in your realm. So I also want to get into whether this is the right move for you or not, because I can share all this information with you. But a lot of times, like social just may not be within your capacity. We might have to find a different way of marketing, just may not align with you. But where I want to start with is the idea of what is the offer? So we're ideating the cheesecakes. I think the idea of drops. So while you came up with these like, the New York lemon, the churro, which I think were the two you had, chocolate chip, fudge truffle. Let's say it comes into Valentine's Day time and there's like a red velvet version or, you know, people add lemon when it's like lemon season or, you know, you can change flavors according to seasons or trends. And I also think you can get inspired by following some of these cookie companies and seeing the flavor profiles they're creating and then to use that in your version of your cheesecakes. So, I think from a recipe perspective, they can also be inspiration to you or you have your own version, but like, let's say you're seeing like hazelnut and people are going crazy over hazelnut, then maybe you try hazelnut version. If people are going crazy over cinnamon and sugar, I mean, you have the churro, but you'll just see like, I would pay attention to other bakery type food companies because you can treat this like drops the same way that you could almost treat the cookies that you create could almost be the same idea. It's either like, the chocolate chip cookie with the regular cheesecake inside or 
the cookie recipe changes and there's always a cheesecake inside. Right. Yeah. Which has been a thought of mine. And you're going to just be in test and try mode. Mm -hmm. So where I see you standing out in the market is cheesecake. Mm -hmm. Where I see you also standing out in the market is the way that you are creating the cheesecake, your recipe, your invention of product, the fluff or the cookie. Mm -hmm. That's the differentiator for you. Okay. I agree. And it's strong. Thank you. It's podcast recommendation time. And this month I am obsessed with the Hustle Daily Show hosted by Juliet Bennett Ryla, Rob Lit Erst, Ben Berkeley, and Mark Dent. Brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I love their offbeat and informative takes on business and tech news. In one of the most recent episodes, they dive into how the pink Stanley Tumblr Rose is dominating water bottle sales. Thanks to internet fame, even though Stanley itself is a hundred-year-old company. And now you know that I've done an episode on this and I am obsessed with the Stanley story. So this goes even deeper into the Tumblr Rose color. Now, as a product boss, this is the perfect example of what can happen when you find and lean into a marketing strategy that works for you. Listen to The Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Product Boss. Okay, just popping in really quickly with a very important question to ask you. Have you ever wondered why some brands become household names or are known for just one product? Okay, so I want you to think about it. The durability of a Yeti cup, the high quality of an espresso machine, the comfort of an Ugg boot. You may be releasing products left and right thinking, this is the product that's going to be the one that works. Am I right? But here's the truth. Successful product-based businesses aren't making more. They're making more of what works. Because if you want to be a household brand or be the go-to for a product, you must focus on your best sellers. It will not only save you time and money, but it will lead you to building the business you've always dreamed of. And if you're wondering how to do that, well, I'm here to help. That is exactly what I have taught thousands of students to do in my free bestseller secrets challenge. And I'm inviting you to join me inside of it. I'm going to help you uncover your bestsellers that you can go deep instead of wide and maximize the opportunities that you already have right in front of you. I want more money in your pocket. I want you to have more profit. I want you to pay yourself a salary beyond your wildest dreams. Okay. And so I'm going to teach you exactly how you're going to do that. No more doing all the things to grow your sales. No more endlessly creating products and no more wondering and guessing what your customer wants to buy. It's 2024. It's time to really focus in and tap into your best revenue opportunities. It's time to lean into what's working in your business so you can stop doing all the other things, right? It's wasting time and money and causing a lot of stress. So let's do this together. Join me inside of my free challenge, which kicks off on Monday, February 12th. Head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com and get signed up. Or you can just DM me the word best on Instagram and I'll make sure to get you in. Again, head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com or DM me the word best and I'll see you in there. Differentiation is key when growing and marketing any business. You can get cheesecake anywhere. 
But what makes Marianne's cheesecake special? Well, you can't get cookies stuffed with cheesecake or jars of cheesecake fluff at the grocery store. In her marketing, messaging, and product lineup, Marianne is leaning into the things you can only find at Mama Cheesecake. The next part I want to go into, because you're a multi-stream machine student, right? right? One of the hardest ways to sell is through your own sales channel because you are completely responsible for driving your own traffic to that channel. Right. I 100% agree that you need your own website because it's your site. You own it. I say you can't build on borrowed land. It's yours. No one can take it away from you. Right. And no one can take away your email list that you build. But, and this is how when I started my company, you know, I built this beautiful website. I had all the product. And I was like, if you build it, they will come. And literally no one knew I existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And I had one person order that was a friend and then her friend and nothing else. And I was like, wah, wah, what do I do? Yeah. Because it was the holiday season. Like, they should be buying. But they had no idea I existed. So then I had to really transition the way that I was going to show up in front of things. And and the fastest way for me for you is that you show up in front of other people's audiences or other people's customers. Because marketing is hard and social media is hard. And a lot of people go to social media first, but unless you either know the platform really well, you know how to work content on it, or you've been on it for a long time, it is very hard to grow organically on it. So for me, what happened was I did two things. I added in-person foot traffic. So I went and I did like local markets in LA, grew my email list there, got in front of people, actually got immediate feedback, got them to be aware. They discovered the brand. Now they can come buy from me online because if they're not seeing me at markets. And I went wholesale. So wholesale was easier for me because I needed less customers and they bought more. Meaning I know that the pricing is different, but I could get 10 stores and all 10 stores could buy 50 units from me. Right. And now I've sold 500 units versus 10 people and each of them buying one or two units. So while I loved getting direct to consumer orders because I could sell them three pieces and it was equal to like what a wholesale order would be, right? Because the markup and the margin, it was slower acquiring direct to consumer customers versus being able to spread the word. So, what we need for you is we need to figure out a way to market your brand and sell your brand in a way that will align with you naturally. I know we're going to push you into like more of an uncomfortable mode because obviously sales and marketing for some people is like uncomfortable, but we have to figure out a way to get you in front of new potential customers. I know you can sell it, but people need to know you exist. So being in multi-stream machine out of the sales channels that we teach, what is the most attractive alternative sales channels other than just your website that you would be interested in exploring? You know, the one that I kept coming to whenever I'd listen to anything or I look at is the farmer's markets. It, okay. Though it's not what I wanted to do, it's what I think I really need to do right now, even before I really do a big push on wholesale so that okay. I could say, here's what people are saying. This is what they want. And I yep. don't have that right now. Okay. So you're out in Orange County. So let's say you bake, you're in the kitchen mm-hmm. and you bake three days a week. Mm-hmm. And then three days a week, you're at markets. Because there are different days, right? There's right. some markets on Wednesdays or Thursdays or some weekend markets. And it could even be you getting to other locations. So coming to 
Beverly Hills or Santa Monica Mm -hmm. or Newport Beach, right? Like I want you to find markets that people have money because your fluff is not cheap. Right. So what I'd like for you to think about, because I agree with you, I actually think you could establish a name, you could establish a cult following. Mm -hmm. And if you show up at the same markets weekly, and the beautiful thing about us living here in Southern California, if anyone's listening, don't be jealous. Our markets happen all year long. That's right. Versus like other places, they They shut shut down down. for the winter. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You can go to any market any weekend and it doesn't ever stop. So for you, I'd like you to then think about, and you could start easy two times a week, Mm -hmm. you might start where you're just testing and trying a different market and saying like, where am I having the best response? Right. And maybe you give it a couple goes and or you go for some of the bigger markets where we put you more in a place where there's ideal customers. And so for you, I don't want you to be at a place where people are looking for like dollar cookies. I want it to be a place where people are buying $6 cookies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. And so... That's going to be a little bit of research for you to look up in the surrounding areas of Southern California right. that's drivable for you to think about what are some markets I can do. You're going to map them out over a few days. It might be some of your weekends. Mm-hmm. It might be some certain days. And then you're going to start to go to these markets. And I think you should really, you can bring the mini cheesecake bites if you want, mm-hmm. but the fluff and the cookies and then people buy on samples. So yeah. you're going to cut like, you could do cute little spoons of the fluff. Yeah. You're going to want to bring a certain amount for samples. Mm-hmm. And the cookies, like, you'll cut and people will come up and sample. And then they'll buy. Actually, here's another good idea for you. At the farmer's market at the Grove mm-hmm. in LA, mm-hmm. like the original farmer's market, there's this pickle guy there called, like, Keelan Pickles. We had interviewed him, since, like, last year. And he did really well. People drive from everywhere to come visit him at the farmer's market at right. the Grove. I'm offending them because the Grove is separate from the farmer's market. So the Los Angeles, the original farmer's market. So let's just (laughs) divide it up. And he had a whole campaign of the cheapest date ever. And he doesn't give away free samples. He does a sample plate and it's his bestseller. Oh, wow. That's actually another thing you could do. So it's like $1.25, maybe Uh three bucks. It's like really cheap. And they can get like a mini plate. You know, it could be like a cheesecake bite a quarter of a cookie. So even if you bought one of those and that's how you were slicing your cookies yeah. and your cookie, cause your cookies are pretty big. Right. And then they could do like, it's a dollar 50 or two bucks for a sample plate. And that's a way then that you're not just dealing with like people who want samples, but they're paying for the samples. I like You're that making idea. money on it still. Yeah. You're making money on it still. They may just do that and walk away, which is fine. Cause it's, two, three dollars more than we would have gotten. And or they're like, oh my God, these are delicious. I'll take a six pack of the mini bites. I'll take a three pack of the fluff. I'll Uh take this, you know? I like that. So for sales and marketing, we could tie that up into a beautiful bow of in-person markets. And then what I want you to do is I want you to work backwards. You're not going to know in the very, very beginning how much product to bring and what the drive is going to be. I think it'll be really interesting for you to test out the little plates that they buy, Mm -hmm. the sample plates. Mm -hmm. I think that you'll have the product and the more you do it, the more you'll see what works really well in trends. And then that will start to shift you towards what product you bring and how much of it. And then you also know your capacity. So let's say you can make $1,000 at a market. 
selling X amount of product, you'll know like, okay, they're buying the cookies and they're buying the cookies at six or $7 mm-hmm. each. They're buying three packs and getting 21, you know, then you'll right. work backwards and you'll reverse engineer from um, how much your capacity is to make, how much you want to make at the market, and then how much product to bring and what you're okay to sell out on. And so we won't know that data until you start to do it. Mm-hmm. And you'll start with a reasonable amount. And if you sell out, that's okay. Come back next week. Here's my card. Let me, actually, not even here's my card. Get their information. I'll email you. Oh, yeah. Right. Because if you just give them your card, you're leaving it to them. Yeah. Versus you getting their information and then telling them, I'll help you out. I'll let you know. I'm going to have the churros back in stock in three days. Mm-hmm. I can ship them to you. And or if you can even get them to place an order there. Because the second they walk away, they start to lose interest. And then you can bring them back. I know this is a lot right. of information. But I can't give you the hard numbers yet, but I just want you to test and try it. Okay, definitely. And you can mix up your flavors. So if like this whole month you're going to do the chocolate chip, the New York lemon, the churro, the fudge truffle, as you start to get regulars, they will come asking you what's your new flavor. And that's where you get to play. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's perfect. Do you have questions about any of that? I do have one question. If I start small... Could I do two different farmer's markets in the same city or is that not a good idea? No, yeah. I, I just want you to get out there. Yeah, You can do whatever you want. So okay. if you want to do a market a day mm-hmm. in the same city, I want you to test and try the markets and right. see where the response is. Okay. And test and try the way you present yourself at the booth. Right. And test and try the way that the food is laid out so people can see what it is. It's all going to be a merit. It's all going to be like, You're just going to have to keep testing and trying until you find the right formula that people are walking up and like your booth is so busy. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And the goal is that you get so busy that then we get into the delegation phase where people are baking for you because you're at the markets. And even at some point, you don't actually have to be at your markets anymore. People could be running your booths. Right. Which would be really great. And that's where you spread out. Yeah. Okay. And then that will drive demand. And then that will drive people naturally to follow you, let's say, on social mm-hmm. or to join your email list and to follow your website. Yeah. Right. You've really got to think about where your product could sell well and get creative. I love that when we came upon this idea of farmers markets because I can really see Mama Cheesecake doing well there. What's really great here is that we've already developed a clear path from where Marianne's at now to the type of business she hopes to run one day. Online business is great, but people tend to default to selling directly from their website when it's one of the most difficult ways of selling. Don't be afraid to think outside of the screen. So I'd love for you to come up with a plan for yourself on whatever you think is within your capacity. I think once you know where you're selling and how often you're selling. If you were going to the same place every week, let's say right now you start with a chocolate chip cookie with the cheesecake inside and it's one flavor. And then your jars are four flavors always, but like you do it in rotation. So maybe every week there is a different flavor. You bring back something else. If the cookies take off, then you can incorporate the same thing. And the bites I'm on the fence about. I think the bites are fine. Yeah. And I think in person at a market, you could sell me a six pack. My kids might like it. I might be like, I'll just buy six bites and then I'd hand them out to my kids and that kind of thing. But you'll see what the response is. And the bites also, I think you've got the two flavors. But again, you could think about flavor drops. So the product is the same. It's just the recipe that's different. Right. 
and pay attention to like a crumble, my cookie dealer. I do know like Sprinkles Cupcakes does do drops. They're doing more collaborative branded drops. Like they did a Taylor Swift cupcake and they're doing stuff that's calendar-based. So again, your recipe should be calendar-based or pop culture-based. So like, you know, if it was the Taylor Swift moment again, could be the BFF cheesecake. I'm just saying, like, it right, just depends right. on who your customer is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a thought. I like that. Yeah. Just it just depends on where look. you want to go. Yeah. You don't have to do stuff that's... Because, right. like, my cookie dealer has, like, cannoli pancake ah. cookie, which is insane. Oh, cinnamon roll. Oh, stuffed. Cannoli waffle sundae. A funfetti one. Peanut butter melt in your mouth. Like, so they're not even doing anything pop culture. They're just doing insane flavors. That's, yeah, I like that idea. They have one because they're not associated with Girl Scouts, but they have Coconut Scouts Honor Caramel Filled. So so when you say Coconut Scouts Honor, like, you know what cookie they're referring to, but they're not dealing with copyright issues. Right. I have a cheesecake flavor that I could do in the fluff that actually is Scouts. I call it Scouts Honor. And it's my twist to the Samoa cookie. And it's so see how so it's the same idea, right? Yeah. So and when you do it, instead of just calling it the Scouts Honor, I think for you in your naming, kind of like how you have the churro, or you're good at your naming. It's adding in those flavor profiles. So they have coconut Scouts Honor caramel filled. So adding coconut and caramel. If I like coconut, and I like caramel. It's making the leap for me. So the naming convention tells me what the cookie is instead of just calling it Scouts Honor. Got it. Yeah, because no one knows what Scouts Honor means. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like, if it was like a thin mint, then it's a, you know, it might be like the minty scouts honor chocolate filled. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. I like. So that's sort of my plan for you. I think you can start having 300, $500,000 days when you find the right market and you stay focused and you think about flavor drops and scarcity. And then you could use social for that but I want your social to be more enticing to the food products where people are sharing it. They're watching it. There's something weird about frosting and food that people love to watch. So you don't have to like do very much because you're already doing it. You just need to capture the content. And then let's have a goal of getting your revenue. I think you can, through in-person markets, you can get to $1,000 monthly very quickly. And I think easily get to 2000 even quicker as soon as you have the markets. And then in two months, you will have doubled what you did all last year. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I love this. Okay. I can do that. Because I know you wanted a kind of like a roadmap. So do you feel like you have a strategy now to move forward? Yeah, I do. I do. This is exactly what I was looking for. So this is good. And you have the program. So there's a lot in there that you can go back to, which is like the beauty of it. So there's a lot that you can go in there and like pull out. But I think this is the simplest way forward where it's not completely relying on you needing direct-to-consumer on your website. It's hard just solo doing that. So that will come post you finding the customers. Yeah, no, definitely it will. But it makes me excited and makes me want to get back in and start listening and following. Oh, I know. I do have a question to ask you. This is kind of side, but... At the kitchen, they finally opened up. They're finally getting everything done in that little market spot. And they hired someone who's really overseeing it now. And so I went ahead and I signed all the paperwork. I told them I wasn't quite ready to start yet. 
but it's there's a one-time fee and it's pretty minimal. It's like 150 bucks. And then there's a fee per sale. And I was like, I don't know, is that normal? Is that something? It is normal then. Do you know to be at a grocery store, you pay for the shelf? Yeah, you know, I'd heard well, like that. You could be paying like $25,000 to be on a shelf at a grocery store. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, so I'll take what they're saying. So yeah. So <laughs> okay. what I want you to know is like if you sold wholesale, you'd be selling at a discount rate. If right. you oh, do transactions, true. you're going to be paying a transaction fee. Right. So you're basically paying them to sell your product. Yeah. Okay, so just to kind of wrap this up, how they can buy from you. Okay. Okay. So this is amazing. I think we covered a lot. So tell the listeners how they can follow you, shop from you, buy from you, and support your business. So you can go to my website, www.mamacheesecake.com, and it's M-A-M-A, cheesecake. You can also go, which is very easy, to my Instagram page, and you can just DM me. You can go into the store there, and you can always reach out to me. Uh, My number is 323-388-5815. And you can text me, call me. And if I don't pick up, it's probably because I'm in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. I think you're doing an incredible job. I'm really proud of you. Keep the Michelangelo thing. You're not doing this alone. And make sure that you keep surrounding yourself with people who believe in like the direction that you're going. I will. I will. Thank you so much. This was great. This was such a great call. We started things off by tackling some of Marianne's limiting beliefs because without addressing those, she wouldn't be open to taking in any of this advice. Then we got into what's making Mama Cheesecake unique and how she can really lean into that, taking advantage of local farmers markets to start making a name for herself. We followed it up by outlining a realistic path to grow her business from a few dollars to something that makes several thousand dollars, all in a way that feels comfortable to her. Now, if any of these resonate with you, I want you to put it into action and let me know how it goes. Head on over to Instagram, send me a message in the DMs at the product boss. I want to hear it. Because remember my friends, action takers are the money makers. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.